queen hangs on the bottom of the ship and Ripley goes Pacific Rim. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to Spoilers Aliens edition. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I say that Why'd word. You say it like that? <laughs> Why do you Why say, say it like, like that? that? I don't I say aliens. Uh, if you haven't heard our first episode, Alien. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? That's how I say it. Drew, what is wrong with you tonight? Speak English. Now you're doing it on purpose. We spoiled that about a year ago, but this is part two of that series. And so with me today, and to make fun of the way I talk, as always, producer Stevie. <laughs> How's it going, Stevie? Why are you speaking like that? <laughs> It's so strange, but I'm doing really good. Now I'm just like, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm excited for this episode. That's good to hear. We also have Money Mike. How's it going, Mikey? Good. Ready to get into aliens. Last but not least. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the guy who started all this silliness by making fun of my speech impediment. Real cool. Josh. I don't think it's an impediment if that's how you choose to speak, but um, (laughs) I'm dropping out some uh, alcohol on the sidewalk from my homies today in Goshen, and wow, the alcohol is corrosive acid from aliens. That was a stretch. the blood. Definitely editing that out. (laughs) (laughs) If we're leaving the way I talk and we're leaving your stupid jokes in, that's for sure. (laughs) But yeah, I guess... I haven't had a lot of time to prepare because I was caught up in some flight delays this weekend, but I did just finish the movie, so I think uh, we should just sort of break it down. Well, wait a second, the, Pappy. The, you aren't oh, you aren't yeah. the person in those viral videos getting pulled off the plane, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was... Uh, well, yeah, but <laughs> that was only the second delay. No, I was flying Delta and got caught up, but that was, those were United flights. Those were United. Air, oh, okay, United. There weren't no Stromo flights, that's for sure. Were you in those videos where they showed like the Delta help desk that was like a mile long? Uh, yeah, that was me. I was the one getting pulled <laughs> out of that line, <laughs> super drunkenly. <laughs> yeah. So is is United a sponsor of ours or is Delta? Uh, neither. Okay, all right. We're sponsored by by the Nostromo. We got spirit. Yeah, and I wish I could have been uh, asleep during that flight, which is how this movie opens up, just like the first Alien. Uh. So basically in Act 1, we pick up where we left off. We meet the motley crew of Marines. Uh, Ripley gets back to the company planet, which I don't know if that's ever named. Um, But, of course, no one ever listens or believes Ripley. They do send out an army of Marines to investigate the aliens. And then uh, I think where I thought Act 1 kind of ended was when they they find the feral girl. And then they find the... uh, uh, hive of aliens and the massacre ensues. Um, so I guess what do you guys think about the opening, sort of how it tied into the first movie, sort of picking up where we left off? What is it with 80s movies and feral children? <laughs> Call back to Mad Max. Yep, sorry. But anyone else, go ahead. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool how uh, it just tied seamlessly from the end of the uh, first one and uh, you get Ripley in... Uh, I don't know what they're calling it, an ice box. And uh, I guess they pick her up and the movie starts right where it left off. Well, technically it starts 50-some years later, right? 57 and years later. And these movies were released, what, seven years apart? So did you notice Sigourney age? I, we weren't alive when 
these came out between each other, but you guys saw the alien recently. Was she, was she, was, you know, did you notice her aging? I didn't notice her age. That's just me. Though. I, th- I thought she looked the same to me. I thought the cat Jonesy didn't uh, age very well. <laughs> Good one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what about the, uh, we replaced the last crew um, with a new uh, set of Marines. Uh, what do you guys think about those? Are there any of the Marines that stuck out to you? Marines is a very loose term. Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, I don't know what... Hired guns. Yeah, I don't know what army they're a part of, but I don't know. Things must be pretty loose and fast in uh, Space Future Army. <laughs> they're talking about, like, banging native girls and some sort of alien race, too. Uh, they play five-finger filet. They're just kind of a... A ragtag bunch. They're like pirate, kind of. <laughs> yeah, what did you... Space pirates. Were you guys able to, like, when they first introduced them all at that, like, dinner scene and, like, getting out of sleep, did you guys pick up, like, who you thought would die in the first act and who would, like, survive? Oh, Bill Paxton dead for sure. <laughs> he survived pretty long. Usually the guy who talks the most. Yeah, yeah he was a yeah. loud-talking guy. I thought he was going to be dead for sure, like, the very first one. Uh, in the beginning, um, the I forget their names now. Who was the uh, Mexican chick, uh, Vasquez, and who was uh, her friend, the guy dude, Drake? I think so. Yeah, I, I knew those two were like, I knew those two were gone like immediately. I knew she was going to last a while, though, because she's also wisecracking, and the movie would need that in the second act. She was wisecracking? I thought she was more brain than brawn, really. Wait, she was brain? Wait, she's brawn than brain. Brawn than brain. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought everybody just wanted to sleep with her. <laughs> and it was just like an awkward <laughs> joke going around. I thought her and Drake were sleeping together. Everybody was making a joke that they wanted to sleep with her. Oh, I, I see. I thought her and the big dude that kind of looked like Ivan Drago were sleeping together. Well, that one guy was like, anytime, anywhere, Vasquez. <laughs> Even in space. Even in space. <laughs> in space, no one can hear you come. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So... <laughs> This is a really PG episode. <laughs> we also have uh, the, the carryover from the first movie, the theme of android humans. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on Bishop? Way less creepy than the first android. The first one was kind of evil, right? And Bishop's a spoiler alert. A good yeah, guy. they kind of flipped it in this movie where, besides the alien, or xenomorph, if you will, in the first movie, the android was essentially the bad guy. And then in this movie, he ends up being the best guy, and a human is the bad guy. I think his name was Burke. Paul Reiser. Yeah, that's it. Ugh. Was that Ook for his performance or was it Ook for the character? Well, I think obviously the character you hate, but yeah, the performance. I actually made a note here that I thought, besides Sigourney Weaver and Lance Harrison, who did play Bishop, they were like the only two that seemed like they put up a decent performance in my book. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I agree. I wouldn't say any of the... Marines are particularly good actors at the time. I mean, you got Bill Paxton in there, but he's acting like an idiot. You guys didn't like Sergeant Apone? Okay, is that the guy from Halo? Oh. I feel like the voice of like that same-looking character from Halo. That's who he reminded me of. Yeah, did you think he was, do you think he was a strong actor? I thought he was good for the character, same with Bill Paxton. And I also liked uh, Michael Bain as Corporal Hicks, who was the pretty much lead role in Terminator. You liked how he was all like low and husky all the time yeah i did <laughs> fair enough i really did fair enough <laughs> what about uh the performance of discount carl weathers al matthews as sergeant, sergeant apone 
Apone, yeah. I thought he did a pretty decent job. I was sad when he died. He was like one of the first to go. I thought he was going to last way longer. Well, it's kind of like another theme from the first movie, too, where these people are following orders to their own demise, right? Because in the first movie, they let in the guy who has the face hugger, even though Ripley's like, no, he's not. He's contaminated. We can't. Why don't you freeze him? Why don't you freeze him? (laughs) Freeze him. (laughs) We want our full shares. And then in this movie. And then in this movie, uh, there's a scene where they're they're not supposed to fire the guns. That sort of leads to the massacre, which I don't know if that made a lot of sense to me, not being able to fire the guns. What but. what a misstep. What a miscalculation that was. Yeah, and then they started firing <laughs> everywhere, and it was none the wiser anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really seem to make a difference. <laughs> and then the movie picked up. So I guess that sort of brings, me to, or brings us to where I thought the first act kind of ended. So now we have uh, the inciting incident that, oh shit, these xenomorphs are real. Um, and look really cool. And look awesome. Uh, but, so the crew initially thinks they have um, only to survive for 17 days. And the movie kind of gives you a fake out of what it's going to be, where you think it's going to be a survival story for 17 days. But it turns out it's more of an escape story because there's some sort of crash that damages a thing that makes things blow up. Did anyone pick up on that detail? I had no idea what was going on with that. I think that they all knew that there was no way they were staying there 17 days. Right. I mean, they were trying. They're giving it their best effort. They're like sealing up doors and all this shit. Oh, uh, this this all happened within like half an hour. I feel like, and they just let it get way out of hand. There's no way they're gonna last 17 days. But it so it turns out though that they only have what is it? How many hours before the thing blows up? Like yeah. four four hours, I think. And this is where uh, Bishop shows his uh, good side, where he's flying the hel- He has to fly a helicopter. No, crawl through a vent to fly a helicopter to pick borrowed heavily later from Shawshank Redemption (laughs) to escape and then basically the rest of the story is them surviving uh until that time and we'll call the end of the second act sort of when uh who's the evil company guy's name sorry Berg Berg, yeah when Berg uh dies so what do you guys think about this middle part here the sort of action pack uh I think uh the costumes and makeup are so much better in this one compared to the first and it like Really makes the movie so much better. As far as for the uh, crew or for the aliens or? Oh, for the aliens, sorry. Um, yeah, like you remember the first one where you can just kind of see it's like a guy just walking around in like an alien suit. These like look like real animals this time around and like kind of like it's much more immersive and realistic looking and I thought it like heightened the overall movie, so it was a lot better in my opinion. Do you guys think this was as good as The Thing, as far as the animatronics and, you know, whatever claymation and puppetry they use? This Which would you say is better? movie was a lot darker. I feel like in mm-hmm. The Thing, there was, like, a lot of bright lighting on it and really showcasing, like... I mean, this, like, in this movie, like as far as makeup and prosthetics and animatronics, like, I'm sure there was a ton of work that went into it, but it was also in a much darker setting. So you really couldn't see like a lot of it come to life. But I also thought like in the minimal spaces where you could see it, it looked awesome. But not as good as The Thing. This, not as good as The Thing. This movie did win the Oscar for Best uh, Effects. I think they're in the same league, don't you guys think? Oh yeah, I just think the thing, decent, is, yeah. the thing is in yeah, a league of its own. Like, yeah, but I think it's easier to get away with stuff when it's so dark, like Stevie is saying. There was one scene where you could really tell how expensive those animatronics were. They were firing a turret and like 
two full turrets, like with 500 rounds each. They never showed the aliens blowing up, but they just kept showing the number of bullets. Like, <laughs> down, yeah. down, down, down. It was like, show the alien's head explode. I want to see that. <laughs> there was a cool part where like an alien like blended into the wall and like, uh, kind of like, uh, peeled itself off of the wall, like right behind, I think it was like Vasquez. Or yeah. And like, it was like camouflage kind of like on the bumpy wall. That part was pretty cool. I don't know if that was like a person or animatronics or I'm sure it wasn't animatronics, but it looked pretty good. I like the scene where uh, they, I think they look in a crack in the ceiling and all of the xenomorphs are crawling on it. Like it's a, a fence from the first castle in Super Mario World. Where they're kind of scaling, <laughs> shimmying up it. <laughs> uh, but um, the tones of this movie are really different. Uh, Stevie, what do you prefer tonally wise? The more action packed middle sequence of aliens or the horror uh slow burn of alien um i prefer i mean you can call it action packed i mean there's a lot of action in this movie but i thought it was also spaced really carefully because when i the first i watched this movie twice and when i first watched it after they kind of went to like the i guess the nest of like where all the humans were on the walls when they first encountered the aliens like when they were in the reactor with no guns and that kind of fell through I initially thought, okay, here from here on out, it's going to be all action. But it was like carefully spaced out of there's action, kind of regroups here we're going to do. There's action, we're going to regroup, we're going to do this, and there's more action. But I prefer this movie over the slow burn, just for the fact of you get introduced to the characters more in this movie, and you kind of get a sense of the characters actually care for each other. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And I really like the relationship between uh, Sigourney Weaver and Newt, the feral girl. Yeah. It's it's a very maternal bond, and it's also kind of a cool parallel between how she's willing to do anything to protect Newt, and the queen xenomorph is doing all of this to like, protect her eggs. Uh, what did you guys think about, I guess, the relationship between Sigourney Weaver and, and maybe even the perfor- performance of Newt overall? Uh, well, some of Newt's uh, lines are definitely kind of pop culture-esque. It's stuck around. Um, the one that stuck out with me was, they mostly come out at night. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Yeah. Wait, you didn't let me finish. Uh-oh. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> they mostly come at night. Mostly. <laughs> and the one where she like really creepily says, and hope to die at the end of like that prayer thing. So... I think they tried to go, I think she was like the horror element kind of of this because obviously goes down to your primal fear, some innocent child getting whacked by acid or like impregnated by an alien. I, I don't know. I didn't really like the whole Ripley-Newt-Mom connection because I felt like Newt would have just been like, you guys know there are like aliens here. Let's just get off of this planet for the love of God. Let's stop screwing around. Because they seem to be so disorganized in their plan to get on this planet and then get off. And Newt was not having any part of it. I thought that played up on some cliches that I've seen in movies. Maybe like Starship Troopers where the crew is like unnecessarily like rowdy and doesn't take the situation seriously. I don't know if this movie really needed that element leading into the second act. I kind of like movie military Especially with uh, Lieutenant Gorman being as green as he was, like never doing, like never taking point in an operation before, and everyone in the crew except him is way more experienced than he is. 
And uh, especially like in the roll call situation where Bill Paxton is kind of testing the lieutenant. I kind of I kind of hate that trope though because I feel like we saw it in Full Metal Jacket. You see it in Forrest Gump. It feels like every movie where the military has a scene where they're all kind of sitting around and each one gets introduced and they're like their main characteristic shines through in that first thing that you see with them. Like one's like sarcastic or one's like stupid. Or, I know. I, I, I feel like they can't let it build organically and you got to cram it in in that one tropey go around the circle scene. I totally agree. But every movie does it. It's just crazy. <laughs> uh, so one last thing I just want to talk about and I'll sort of segue into the end of the movie, but what about the portrayal of um, Burke? So like we sort of explain uh, his, I guess, motivation. Um, and I thought it was a real plot point at first because I didn't understand the timeline of why these people had been living on this little rock for 20 years and not had any problems with these xenomorphs before. But it turns out that Burke had told them to go investigate the ship um, and that's when, when communications went out. So, so presumably they'd been, that little girl had been on her own for about, you know, maybe a month or two by the time the ship got there. But Which is pretty quick to become totally feral, right? <laughs> she goes hard feral really quick. Really quickly goes into a catatonic state. You never go full feral. <laughs> <laughs> Just speaking in, in animal noises and communicating with wildlife throwing a boomerang yeah i'm surprised you didn't bust out her boomerang (laughs) (laughs) yeah she had like that little nest down there uh but yeah so he uh i guess knows this in the back of his mind and nobody else does um but then it also turns out then that the way he sees to get out of the situation is to bring one back and he's willing to basically kill sigourney weaver and newt to keep his you know sort of screw up on the down low and to protect his reputation in the company um i guess what do you guys think of his performance and then sort of his weaseliness and did i miss anything no i mean you portrayed how he's like a serial killer basically right okay just kind of explain to me what his plan was so i get it that they he wanted to bring the aliens back for i guess biochemical weaponry and make a fortune off that but okay everything's about the bottom line does this company already know about these aliens and is like trying to make a weapon i don't think that they did i thought this was the first i thought there was a line in the in the early part where they said you're suggesting that a species that's never been discovered before and over 300 charted planets suddenly popped up so i think this is like a brand new thing so he was gonna have the face huggers get on new and sigourney weaver and then what because sigourney weaver knew that he had basically sold out the original settlers. Gotcha. And was going to like then, nail him to the wall when they got back. Gotcha. And so that he in one fell swoop could stop that from happening and also kill the hide crew. An alien, kill an alien inside of their, or hide an alien inside their stomach while they re-entered orbit. I, right? Does he, know about, his... does he know about trying to freeze them? <laughs> freeze them! <laughs> freeze them! <laughs> Why don't you freeze them? Was, was that his shares? plan? Because if that's not in the plan, then he's he's as good as dead, too. Because like, on their way back, that thing's going to pop out of her chest or whatever. Well, he needed a way to get it past intergalactic customs or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> so he had to shove it way up his butthole, more. The Council of Ricks. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron is really good at writing like a Weasley character, though. I feel like in all of his movies, there's that one Weasel character. Okay, this guy goes beyond Weasel, though. As I was alluding to earlier, he's mad about you. 
Yeah, I expected him to be like rom-com, maybe a love interest with Sigourney, and it turns out he kills 150 people plus obvious attempted murder against a child. When you look at it that way, he does look way worse. Yeah, and that's more than a weasel. <laughs> that makes it sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's almost like the main antagonist in a way, because like the xenomorphs are just kind of like trying to survive, where he's like trying to get rich. But So why would he yeah, go? Yeah, why would he yeah. go? That's a... well, why would he go where? What? <laughs> I guess he's got to go in person go so he can to kill the actual people plant. to get his way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, why did... In the first act, he says, I guarantee your safety, Sigourney Weaver. And by that, I mean, you're going to come with us on all the missions pretty much unarmed. <laughs> so, even though I know there's xenomorphs down here. No, they had that sex scene where he shows her how to use the weapon. I thought that was Hicks. <laughs> that was Oh, Hicks, yeah, yeah, it was Hicks. But I consider that the movie's love scene, don't you think? It's pretty hot. Show me how to use the grenade launcher. (laughs) (laughs) I can handle it. I know you can. So anyway, we kill off Burke. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Show me how to use your grenade launcher. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, keep us on track. (laughs) It brings us to the end of the movie where we have... uh, them basically just running to escape, get off to get off the moon or rock or whatever it is. So we have a, a firefight scene through a vent. Um, we have Newt falling down a, another <laughs> oh, vent. <man. laughs> yeah, and Sigourney Weaver going to rescue her, and then the the showdown with the Queen. So I guess what do you guys think of the show, like the design of the Queen, and then sort of that final couple battles there? I mean, that final scene is like pretty iconic. Uh, that's been like parodied on lots of stuff like Family Guy and like animated shows and stuff have parodied like that alien's second mouth coming down and like getting in Sigourney Weaver's face and stuff I mean it's it's a really awesome scene it's like the a really great climax to the movie I think my favorite scene is when no guns are firing and both mom characters are kind of looking each other in the eye and it kind of took me off guard that like Sigourney Weaver was able to back out, and the alien like respected that and told her like her like thugs to back off. And then Sigourney Weaver, like as soon as she exits the room, just starts like blazing all the queen's babies immediately. But why though? Because the place is gonna blow up anyway. I presume that would have taken care of it. Yeah, that was a dick move. It seems like so. It's such a bad call. I don't know. So. Do the eggs hatch, like, on a timely rate? Or how do the eggs hatch? Does it go by time? Does it go by a human being nearby? Does the queen tell it to hatch? How do they hatch? Only God knows. Because even, <laughs> even, even in the first movie, like, there wasn't even one broken up. And, like, right when, I think it was William Hurt, like, picked, like, got near him, they started hatching. Maybe this is explained in Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, is it a human sure. contact thing? What is it? I got the sense that, yeah, it's when they sense a host, that's sort of what triggers them to hatch. Which and is why, why do they cocoon people and not, like, why do they cocoon people? And for the host bring, reasons? Why they bring people back? I don't know. The alien evolved to make for the most tense cinematic moments, you have to understand. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that created more tense cinematic moments had more offspring, therefore <laughs> flourished. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that I haven't I haven't seen Prometheus or any of the other backstories. Bad. I don't, 
So I don't know if this is filled in, but I mean, it's not distracting enough for me or for, for me <laughs> for it to be a problem. I didn't like when Newt was carried away by the aliens in Cocoon. That seemed a little bit convenient. That was a little bit like, oh, come on. Yeah, that they wouldn't they wouldn't harm sure. like a hair on her head, basically. <laughs> didn't make a lot of sense. I thought the queen looked awesome, though, for how huge it was. And just kind of like how terrifying it looked, especially with that thing that was planting eggs or laying the eggs for that matter. It's like a big, almost it, Dr. It Seuss looking tube thing that it like a out of. factory. Yeah, of it has a name. It starts with an bum, O. Bum, I can't bum, remember the name bum, of it, though. Mm. Oh, that's probably a really gross name anyway. It's like Ostravator or something <laughs> like that. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, when the queen detached, that was pretty gnarly. But going back to the scene where... She backs out and starts flaming all the eggs. It kind of proceeds from there to like just a physical, technological duel between like a human and like that scene where the elevator like opens to reveal Sigourney Weaver all decked out in the mechanic suit that was teased earlier in the movie. That, that <laughs> I was had to awesome. Laugh out. <laughs> I had to laugh out loud though too, but like I loved it. That's what I was referring to with the she goes all. Pacific Rim on him, but is Steve, is there another fighting movie? I'm trying to think where the guy where they get in armor suits and punch each other. You mean like Real Steel with Hugh Jackman? Real Steel, that's what I was. Yeah, she goes Real Steel. <laughs> Did you mean Real Steel, the amazing movie with Hugh Jackman? It's different. They were boxing. <laughs> Completely different. No, they they have those suits in Avatar though. Like the like pretty much the exact same. And there's like video games based on it too. Yeah, like that's like I mean it, it's like identical. Like instead of like being like a forklift type thing though, they have like machine guns and other cool things on it. So Stevie, this is probably like out of James Cameron stuff, like your third or fourth favorite film of his. Favorite? Yeah, this is my. No, f- is, no, you're a big fa- you're a big fan of James. I Cameron, hate right? James Cameron with a passion. Uh, I can't say that. Um, Terminator Two is awesome. Aliens is awesome. But I just do not like uh, Titanic and Avatar at all. They're just so bad. But maybe Avatar 2 will be amazing just because all the sequels are really good. So who knows? Man, I thought you were really going to go on like a James Cameron rant. No, I can't. Like, I can't go like on a rant rant. Like one of Lauren's, like one of my wife's favorite movies is Titanic. And I could just like see her giving me the eye right now if I talk bad about that movie. But that's for another day. Oh, is this because Pappy has to get off early? Yeah, it goes back to in space, no one can hear you come. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you. So then this, mo- this movie ends uh, with the alien getting flushed out. And, and once again, that's not how a vacuum would work at all in space moments. Uh, but yeah, I guess main spoiler, the alien gets flushed out. And then it ends uh, again, like the first movie, a nice little parallel though there with uh, her going into... Buzz Lightyear hypersleep until they get home. Um, that's all I got for Alien. Anything I missed before we get into our final verdicts? Any other points you guys had? Okay. One is when Bishop is like speared and cut in half. That cybernetics kind of version of a human he was. Like, I've never seen it done like that. And it was really gross, too. It's interesting. So much come. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, this one's really R-rated. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's similar to the first one in that it's a really gross explosion. Um, but also very different than going, again, going back to Blade Runner where it, it's a human sort of bleeding out. This is like definitely something else, something gross. Milk. Stevie, did you like when he was cut in half and 
I had to laugh out loud when his body was getting like blown across once the like <laughs> <laughs> he's like whoa <laughs> Uh, I didn't laugh, but I did love like this, like the alien tail spear through the chest. I thought that scene was awesome, especially for the date of when it came out, because it even looked pretty cool today. Right, and then uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was okay, Bill Paxson obviously recently passed away, but R.I.P. R.I.P. I hated his character so much. I hated him as an no! I hated him as an Why? actor, but I think he was doing his job as an actor in hindsight. But like. I could not stand that dude, right? Yeah, I agree. It's over, man. We're <laughs> fucked. It's I over, 100% man. I 100% agree. I was only four <laughs> weeks away. Man, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I love this <laughs> character. <laughs> and again, it goes back to me where like, when you have these sort of like military crews, it seems like everyone's an extreme personality. And I think he was, I think he was doing a good job of playing up what was ultimately an annoying personality. Yeah, I'm sure he was just doing exactly what he was told. So one other final fact that I had here too, tying back to another episode that we did, uh, Full Metal Jacket. I guess this movie was being filmed right next door to Full Metal Jacket and the crews partied together afterwards. So maybe that's where huh. uh, Tex, Tex and Bill Paxton were drinking together. Uh, but yeah, so I guess before we do our yes or no's, Josh, you have a... Well, yeah, I think you are pretty aware because we don't get a whole lot of voicemail voicemails so when that button that hotline bling lights up like what what kind of feeling do you get when you see that pulse it can only it can only, it can only mean one thing <laughs> <laughs> okay so smooth anyway uh one of my one of my buddies from college that uh you know from really small town indiana like the humblest like aw shucks kind of guy you'd ever meet uh he moved out to la I kind of like lost touch with him and I haven't heard from him in like a decade, but he, well, not quite a decade. I mean, come on. But anyway, it's been a while and he heard about the pod. Josh is old. (laughs) (laughs) He heard about the pod by... All I'm hearing is Josh is a bad friend. (laughs) Not only is he really old, he's a terrible friend. Uh, Yeah, so Kyle is his name, but he, you know, he reached out to me because he heard about the pod by word of mouth, so... I don't know if you all want to kind of go over to your browser and uh, we'll all listen to his voicemail here at the same time. Hi, this is Kyle McVeigh calling from Hollywood, California. And I'd like to give you the skinny, the real to-do in business on a little movie we call Aliens. Yes, Aliens, James Cameron's top-notch action horror thriller. Is it the best Aliens movie? Absolutely it is. It's a fucking... Festival of gore and suspense and one-liners. It is everything that you look for in a wonderful sci-fi action movie. Did it solidify the fact that I would like to one day fist fight Lance Henderson? Yes, absolutely. Does it have giant aliens? Yes, please. Everything about this movie is an upgrade from the original. Granted, it's not a horror movie. But it is something to be revered. And that's it. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Okay, well, it's still playing. I'm not sure if it's ended. He ended it in, like, the most perfect Forrest Gump way. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was thank you for our one of our first fan call-ins. If you'd like to call in, that's our number is was it nine seven six? Oh god, don't smoke stuff. Let me get it in front of me real quick. <laughs> What's our number again? I think it might be. <laughs> if you'd like to leave us a voice now. <laughs> Our phone number is 903-776-4507-903. Spoil 07. Um, and that- How long is that number? <laughs> 903-776-4507. Spoil 7. Spoil 07. That was, again, that was Kyle McVeigh's opinion from Hollywood, yeah, California. Yeah, so we Kyle from Hollywood, that. I mean, he's not really that aw shucks guy. Remember, he's very businesslike, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that was... A festival! That was awesome. <laughs> An upgrade in every way. <laughs> Alright, so let's go around our little table here. Uh, so, if we all give it a yes, we call the movie preserved. If we all give it a no, that movie's spoiled. And if it's not, we try and make up something stupid in between. Let's start with producer Stevie. Stevie, what did you think of James Cameron's Aliens? This movie blew me away. From the practical effects, the special effects, to the acting, to, I guess, the ensemble, to the pacing of this movie. I mean, the all-around action, I thought, was top-notch. Um, if I could give this movie, I mean, for action movies, I'll rate it this way. If I could give this movie a 10 out of 10, I'd give it an 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm. loved this movie way better than uh, Alien. I think James Cameron is so much better suited for the Alien franchise than really Scott in every, every sense of directing. Aces to him, my favorite James Cameron movie. See this movie if you haven't. Watch it again if you have. Awesome movie. Yes for me. Mikey. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about this franchise until we started watching these movies, but I thought this was uh, an improvement in every way to the first. Uh, but I was just a little bit disappointed that the ending was pretty much the same as the first. I didn't know about that, but uh, I kind of wish they had come up with some other way to do it, especially when they have like the robot suit coming out. You would expect some, an ending with that being the final blow or something like her stabbing the alien. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's like better in just about every way. And uh, it's nice to see James Cameron's take on it. So it's a yes for me. Josh? Yeah, uh, I have some problems with this movie. Um, getting kind of picky. I think there's some real obvious green screen moments throughout they're a little distracting. It's not really a fair criticism. It's the 80s. I know, I know. But as a, as it holds up, it's not perfect in how it looks. <laughs> um, I think that the acting, the cast for such a big budget movie, I think maybe they could have gone and gotten some better actual actors. As I think kind of a movie like this might be made now. I don't know. That... Oh, again, a little picky. And I also think this is a little bit long for a movie. Like, ran about 2.30, 2.31 or something. Drawn out in parts. But all that said, absolutely, this is like a must-see for anyone that claims to like movies. I honestly had never seen this before. Kind of felt like an idiot for never seeing it before. Uh, it There's so many references I think I've missed in pop culture that I knew in my mind, but I didn't even know were from Aliens. So, uh, one heck of a hard yes. 
for me, dog. <laughs> Pat? For, yeah, I'll also give it a yes. I mean, it's... Call me crazy. I actually like the first one a little bit more. I don't know if it's just I like... I like the slow burn of a horror movie, but I think they're both super but awesome. That's, and that's not are, what Kyle said. <laughs> uh, what did Kyle say? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He Kyle said it was superior in every way. Every fucking way. Uh, but... I don't know. I would give these both. I think these are two of the, my favorite movies that we've spoiled. Like, absolutely. Two of my top three, I think, that we've spoiled ever. So, definite. Behind Castaway? <laughs> behind, yeah, Castaway. But yeah, <laughs> definite. Wait, yeah. so you give, cool you give my brother Jordan <laughs> crap all the time about being so scared of aliens, but really, you kind of have, like, kind of a crush on aliens. Like, you love aliens. Two of your favorite three. I love sci-fi, and I love aliens, and I love action. So this movie delivered on not not to drag this episode long, but Josh, what happened? To we your don't family? have time. And why are you so scared <laughs> well, of aliens? That's for another podcast. We got to wrap this up. I got a meeting in. <laughs> oh, that brings me to a point about Missouri breaks. Actually, I wanted to get it. <laughs> so this movie is preserved, which brings us to trivia. Uh, if this is your first episode of spoilers, uh, what we do is we ask a trivia question at the end of every movie review episode. The winner of that trivia question. Uh, I guess to pick the movie that we uh, spoil next time, I guess to host that movie. So I went on Missouri Breaks, like Josh just mentioned. And so, believe it or not, today's trivia question is actually about movies. Believe so, it or not, Ripley. <laughs> what I have in front of me are six movies that we've either spoiled or I promise you that we will spoil uh, that all have to do with famous movie aliens. Uh, your job is to put these in chronological order that they came out. Uh, We'll go one at a time. What do you mean? Huh? Well, what do you mean by what do you mean by came out? Yeah. Uh, so we'll go one at a time. Or these we'll jokes. start with. Uh, we'll if go, you can't hear it in space, <laughs> Stevie. It's been the longest since you've host, hosted. So where do you want to go in the batting order? Uh, we'll go one at a time. Whoever gets it right wins. Um, and if you get it wrong, I'll tell you how many of the movies were in the correct position. There are six that you need to um, order. Uh, I am on kind of a dry run. Um, I will go, go last. last. Okay, so then we'll go Josh, Mikey, Stevie. Uh, the movies that you need to order are Return of the Jedi, E.T., Aliens, John Carpenter's The Thing, Superman 2, and Predator. Return of the Jedi, E.T., Aliens, John Carpenter's The Thing, Jeez. Superman 2, and Predator. Uh, so what do I what do I have to say? I don't, just say I go first. What? Yeah, say those six in order. Which order you think they came out? And I can help you to say which ones are left. You have to remember. But so out of Return of the Jedi, ET, Aliens, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you might want to write these down. That might be helpful. Yeah, I'm going to write that out. Read that again, please. Return Return e. of the Jedi, ET, Aliens, John Carpenter's The Thing, Superman Two, and Predator. Alien or aliens? Aliens. <laughs> Man, I'm first. Yep. I, I promise I'm not looking anything up. I'm just staring at these movies. Wow, how do I already forget the thing? Man, Superman 2, I have no idea. How are you going to score this? How many you have actually right in their place? or In their place, yeah. It's just going to help if you yeah, try and just bang these out, I would say. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay, so I think the oldest 
of all those is maybe ugh, the thing. And then I'm just going to say Superman 2, 5th, because I don't have any idea. Then I'm going to say Return of the Jedi, Aliens, E.T. Predator. You had one in the correct position. Mikey? (laughs) God. Oh, spoiler. Uh, I'm going to go Return, Soups, E.T., Thing. Predator, alien. Zero in the correct position. Stevie? Okay, oh boy. Oh, good good Christ. Which one? Um, <laughs> I will go... These are all bunched up, Pap. Are these all They're 80s? all Pap? 80s alien movies. <laughs> Pappy oh, loves no. the 80s. And aliens. These are all <laughs> 80s. I hate... I thought it was... Okay... I don't know. I don't. I've never. I haven't seen Superman two. Um, I'll go Superman two, The Thing, E. T. Return of the Jedi, Aliens. You Predator. have four in the correct position. Wow, Josh. What? <laughs> Back to you. Wait. What? We're gonna, oh, we're just gonna go ah. until someone gets it right. Oh. Well, can you? I thought I thought we were gonna do the most in the correct order. I have nope. no idea what Stevie said. Is that's that part a mistake? Of the game? That's a mistake. Yep, <laughs> Stevie had okay. four right. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. Okay, I'm gonna stick with Superman first. Then I'm gonna go E.T. Predator, Aliens, Return of the Jedi, The Thing. Uh, I think you had like two or three or something less than Stevie. <laughs> okay, Mikey. Oh my uh, gosh. Superman, Return, Thing, Aliens, Predator, E.T. You had three in the correct position. Stevie, you all, you had two flip-flopped last time, Stevie. Okay, uh, Superman 2, The Thing, E.T., uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, Predator, Aliens? No. Uh, I know what it is then. How many did he have right? He had, I think, three again. Josh? I know what it is. Oh, man. The Thing? No. Superman. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> Mikey? Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to start saying it when you get it wrong. <laughs> uh, Superman? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, thing? Nope. Stevie? Okay, I, I got right, it. Here we go. I'm writing this out here. Predator. Okay. <laughs> Predator first. Superman two. <laughs> yep. Super Superman two. Et. Yep. The thing. Yep. Return of the Jedi. Yep. Alien. Yep. Predator. And your winner, new host Stevie Putman. The correct order again was Superman two uh, coming out in 1981. Et coming out in 1982. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing actually coming out a week later in 1982. Um, Return of the Jedi was from 1983. Aliens was from 1986. And Predator was 1987. So Stevie... Man, that was tough. ...is your host next week. Uh, We'll give him a second to pick his movie. Uh, If you'd like to contact us, it's podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at 
spoilers underscore pod. Our website is podcastspoilers.com. Uh, we mentioned our phone number earlier, but if you'd like to be on the podcast, uh, call that number. Wait till you hear my drunken uh, voicemail outgoing and leave us a ring at 903-776-4507. What's our Instagram? I don't even... We have one. Podcast spoilers, something like that. I don't know. You'll find us. Yeah, they'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Stevie, what's it going to be? Wait, wait, wait. Also, I don't think we plugged the band that's playing right now, Josh Hensley with uh, Rutabaga and also Kyle phoned in earlier with... Uh, hilarious LOL JK podcast. I hope he phones in every week. Yeah, he might. Let's check it out. What was the name of his podcast again? LOL JK podcast. Follow me at LOL JK podcast. LOL JK podcast. Stevie, what's our movie next week? Um, I did not pick this movie. This is a death that me and Mikey owe because we frequent a music festival every year called Lollapalooza. And being the cheapskates that we are, we never pay for a hotel room. And my sister lets us stay with her for as many days as we go. Uh-oh. And she will be on the on the podcast with us. Uh-oh. She will? Doing her, <laughs> yep. Doing her, fi- uh, co-hosting with me, doing her favorite comedy of all time, The Grand Budapest Hotel. There you all go. right. Is that even a comedy? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how to turn this off. That was probably a terrible voicemail. Goodbye.